0: So where'd your friend go so we're looking out the window right now and there's a shirtless man he disappeared he did nobody's behind the bushes so it's funny you he came by now because i wanted to tell you about him oh okay yesterday i'm sitting in my office which is the other side of the office right and i look out a window it's a major road here which we've talked about providence road yes and there's a guy walking down like not the middle of the street but in the middle of the street kind of like not right in the middle and he's just veering off and left and right totally shirtless and I took pictures of him. Oh, you I did? I get some close-ups of the vans coming by, and they, you see their face <laughs> like, looking at him. Oh, He yeah. definitely looks like he does not give a fuck. Doesn't care. I don't know that he knows where he is. Honestly. I just don't know where he is, and that's kind of concerning. Unless he took a right, and we didn't see it, he's about to come upstairs. Let him come on up, man. We'll throw up another mic. Yeah. I was thinking, you know. You want to go down there and interview him? Little man on the Ooh. street? I like that. Man on the street corner. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. I had an idea to do the Providence Road podcast. Oh, you did? Where we interview local people around Charlotte off Providence Road. And then you know, realize nobody matter. would give a shit. No one gives a shit about yeah. any of it.
1: But that's why we're here.
0: Yeah. It's not for the listener. It's for us. It is for us. And that's what makes it, it makes it work. It's what makes it therapeutic. It's what makes it medicinal. Yeah.
1: This podcast is
0: medicinal. It's creativity. Yeah. Did you read the book? Oh, shit. I should have remembered it. It's about creativity, and it's not even in my. How is that possible? You know, this sucks. This podcast—we're gonna have to restart it. No, we're not. Podcast I don't understand. Is great. Why it's not there? What's the name of the book? I don't know exactly. <laughs> it's not worth talking about. No, it is because it's about you doing the creative for yourself, not for anybody else. Oh, the War of Art. No, it's a new book. It's the guy This is terrible. But you didn't have to cut all that shit. I'm sorry. No oh, man, it's kind of nice
1: when you fumble around. You know why? Because I think it it's relatable. Mm. It's relatable when you just totally bomb. Yeah, and I think it's important that we leave that in because if we take it out,
0: I will say this: Rick Rubin. Oh yeah, yeah, one of the all time greats. Yeah, he's got a book. I'd read the book. Yeah, it's a good book. Are there I don't pictures? fucking name of it. it's like creativity. There's no, I don't know. I'm listening to him because he reads it. Audiobook. You I know, know what's crazy? You go to Amazon. You're like, I'm gonna find this thing I ordered, but it wasn't that long ago you ordered it, but you've ordered so much shit in the meantime. I'm telling you. I could just do a search. Yeah. That would be easy. That would have been a lot easier. You know what? It's called the creativity act, a way of being. But Ooh. the concept is stop thinking about your audience. Just fucking create. I like that. Yeah. Because a lot of times you have to write. you are writing to, audience. You <laughs> are writing to, like, why should anyone care? Yeah. And so you have to create. For them, it's got to be worth listening, reading, true, yeah. looking at, yeah, watching. Yeah.
1: I actually think that's a really good position to take. You know, because everything has been geared outside of being, for instance, because I imagine this is a business book, <laughs>
0: not like you know a, a good, great creative. Kind. No, yeah. it's because he's like even saying, if you want to create, yeah. you need a job to pay the bills, right. so, so you it can is. create.
1: It's related to you yeah. know, making a
0: living off this. So the book's not or written not. for artists. Yeah, yeah, right. It's For creatives, actually,
1: right. And there's a lot of creatives that you and I have talked about this. We're part of that class that are stuck in a box that we're constantly trying to break because. Mm-hmm. You know, our first inclination is to create. But of course, you know, one artist, and I know many of them, both actors, writers, they are some of the most impractical people you will ever meet in your life. They just like art for the sake of art. And then they're starving. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't fit. So I think many of us, yourself included, myself obviously included, chose this path because we needed to make a living. Mm. I mean, when I was younger, even in my freshman year of college, I didn't know what I wanted to do mm. because I did know I wanted to play music, you know, and make a living off that. A year later, Napster hits the scene and everything starts to crumble and it's like, man, okay. So the old way of, you know, making a living as a musician kind of started to fall apart and, you know, I just started to think, well, yeah, I need to do something a little bit different. And here I am. Yeah. Totally confused about who I am. Still. By the way,
0: yeah. 100%. Yeah.
1: Still trying to fight my way out of yeah. this. Whatever this is.
0: Ten-year cycle, right?
1: Yeah. 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 It is the 10-year cycle, although I'm yeah. in
0: year 12, going on 13 okay. in this
1: line of work. Man, it makes me feel old. But getting back to this concept, yeah, I think that's really good because so much of content creation, creation in general, has all been geared towards these various tactics and ways of, you know, and not necessarily negatively manipulating if there's a positive spin on manipulation, sure. right? But on trying to manipulate your audience to take certain actions that are beneficial to you and... I would hope beneficial to them. Yeah. You know, all the funnels, all the algorithms and the SEO, all that stuff is geared towards target marketing, manipulating the end user. And again, I use manipulating in the most generous way possible. I don't mean it for, you know, solely nefarious purposes. Yeah. Leverage
0: is a good word there. Leverage is a good word. Authentic leverage.
1: Well, I mean leverage, <laughs> yeah. Leverage is something you use to benefit yourself or to to move the needle
0: well that's what you're talking about though when the creative is a lot of times it's designed to get seen be heard get business you know a lot of that kind of stuff and the concept that we're talking about is going the other direction with it
1: i don't know i think still being seen and being heard is still right i mean i haven't read the guy's book so you can correct me on his premise but what i'm taking from just the title of it so again this is this is my completely ignorant take which I have yeah. lots of those. Yeah. This is, uh, okay. this is what the show is
0: designed around. This is Jared AI right here. This is. This <laughs> yeah. is
1: the most unintelligent.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: So. Oh. Oh, oh i got the squeaky good. chair.
0: Oh, you can switch it up.
1: I, I might switch it up. Yeah, it's good. When I talk next, you switch. But for me, I'm going to see if I can just sit here. Maybe uh-huh. it
0: will help me stay still. Mm. You know, but I'm an artist. Finding expert. the positive. That's a LinkedIn post right there. You could write a whole post about... I could. I found the positive I'm not going of the squeaky to, chair.
1: Because, Yeah. <laughs> Because I don't care. Yeah. Although it would probably be a lot better than most of the dog shit that's on LinkedIn right now anyway. Which I've been guilty of putting some of that stuff out too. I can't, you know. But anyway, back to the premise of this. I think it also aligns with, you know, what Steve Jobs famously said back in the 80s, I think. He said, you don't ask the customer. Oh, I'm going to fuck this up. The general premise is this. Don't ask the customer what they want because by the time that you create it, it'll be too late. They'll want something else. You need to create something that the customer needs and convince them that they want it, Mm. right? He was creating something that they would want and need before they even knew it. Yeah, That's what it really means to be creative and artistic. Yeah. And I think, you know, he took that position as he doesn't go and ask his customers what they want, which I really love that. Mm. You know, if I'm working with organizations and they say, uh, especially if it's a trade association or a professional association, they love to do surveys. They want to survey their people, find out what the people want, which, you know, is how things have traditionally been done but you know my first instinct and all that is like that's fine if you're trying to figure out what they want the survey is not going to tell you because they don't know what they want yeah especially when they're bombarded with information all day long yeah being hit with all kinds of stuff telling them this is what you should want Mm -hmm. this is what you should like this is what you should believe yeah and then you ask them what they want they're going to tell you what they maybe immediately need right now that you can't possibly deliver today yeah so by the time you start to create it or try Mm -hmm. to make that adjustment they're going to go oh yeah yeah no, no, we figured that out, or it's not a big
0: deal anymore. Right? Yeah, yeah. That sounds a lot like uh, what Elon did. Oh, yeah, Tesla. I think I've given this example. So, in the Model Three, you don't have your typical dashboard, right? And so you don't see your speed right there. Your speed's on a computer, and it's on the top left-hand corner, outside of your right eye. And people were complaining. They go on Twitter, said, "I need to see my speedometer." He's like, mm-hmm. "No, you don't," because <laughs> he's like, "I already know yeah. that it's not." Once you get used to it. It's just like, you'll be super happy with it. The only reason you want it there is because that's what you were programmed to think that's what you needed. It's true. And so, yeah. it. Yeah. it. You know, there's a lot of, I don't know how to say this, but if you're creating something for someone, a customer, you do have to understand what they would need. For but, sure. So I think there's a lot of paying attention to it. and yeah. understand. So it's like asking maybe, maybe they can't even articulate what it is that they want, mm-hmm. but you can pay attention, observe, see how people respond. So if you're in marketing, you can see how, People would say, well, I don't think social media works and I'm not on this or that. They don't realize how often they're on Facebook and how powerful it is. And all of a sudden, it's like you can put things in front of them that'll make it easier for them. But there's also the, why would someone want to read your article as an example? Great question. Right, but you'd have (laughs) to early on convince someone as to why they're reading it. So a lot of articles were written for a professor, a teacher. Guess what? They're paid to read your content, your article when you go out in the real world, there's no one paid to read your shit. If they are, then you have a good job, right? Yeah. If you're a journalist, an editor's paid to read your shit. But that's the only case. Yeah, that's it. And and that's a whole other conversation, which certainly can get into. Mm -hmm. So you have to convince someone of that. But then there's the whole thing of like making sure that you've gamed this whole thing out from SEO to social media to this to that and the right hashtags. And honestly, it takes away from the creative. It yeah. takes away from the fun of it. Yeah. And I'm not saying those things aren't important. They are important. But to what, like, it's like if there's a speedometer, mm-hmm. like, where's the dial? How far do you push that thing? More importantly, where is the speedometer? Where is the speedometer? Is it up in the corner? Yeah, like, yeah, so. Yeah, it's in your pocket.
1: Well, so let me throw this out as a possibility. And this is something that, you know, I'm going to say this mm. and maybe in the next few sentences I may retract. But do you ever get the feeling That social media, social media is just a thing. You can't blame it for something. It's how people use it, right? Mm -hmm. But because there are so many creatives that are not pursuing creative work, Mm -hmm. that are in various positions, who are creating things, but they have to play this game that feeds the algorithm, right? Yeah. Do you ever feel like that this is really just a race to see how many people you can get to read your dog shit content that you don't even like. Possibly. Because let's be honest, when you were incentivized to create lots of content, you're creating volume. Mm. You're not really creating. Yeah. You're publishing. And now with GPT, you can create a shitload of stuff. Yeah. Which is also, as we've talked about before, I think one of the reasons why genuine and truly artistic content by artistic i don't mean like so fucking hard to understand you're like what is this yeah i know i'm going to sound like a caveman here but when i've gone to various art museums with my wife there are certain pieces that i find incredible but a good bit of it especially in the modern art it's just like a fucking block with a brick and a piece of cloth Mm. i'm like how in the fuck is that art yeah well art's how you interpret it yeah well great this just looks like bullshit to me. Like it says nothing. But then you look at a Salvador Dali painting and you're like, oh, that's something. That's talent. Yeah. Right? So what I talk about is something that can captivate you quickly and can evoke an emotion, which is hard to do in written words. So to me, that makes me think that the real winners in the content game,
0: it's going to have to be visual. At least as the initial hook. Visual as in like video piece of art that you see in a museum?
1: Anything. Online, Anything. social media, okay.
0: whatever it might be. I don't know. I think, I thought you were going on this path of... I wasn't sure which path I was going down. Okay. So. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll just pick any path. Maybe I'll just say that I was, yeah. Because you're talking about publishing. Just yep. because you published it, does that make you a creative? Does that, just because you created a ton of content? I think there's an aspect of creating a lot of content is useful because of the practice of it. Oh, yeah. No, you and I both done that most of our Absolutely. careers, right? Because you'd be like, and you just said it before, like, well, oh, I've created some of that dog shit content on of LinkedIn. yeah. But you had to do that to get to that point. And, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully you don't burn too many bridges along the way. And,
1: oh, yeah. That was more of like a personal career. See, nobody was like, your shit is dog shit.
0: Yeah. I get it. I'm not saying you. I'm just saying in general. You have to create, and I think the art, not the art, the act of hitting submit, publish, shipping it, Yeah, that's a big deal. Because sure. that is very difficult to do. We've all been there. Mm-hmm. We're like, I don't want to listen to my voice. I don't want to see the article I wrote. These people are going to make fun of me. There's an incredible psychological block, which is fair enough. And we've all been there. And even artists will talk about it. I just heard Zach Bryan talk about it. Okay. Every time he goes on stage, he's sick to himself. He has incredible stage fright. Yeah, He doesn't know how he's going to do it. So he gets up on stage and then when he starts playing, it's like, goes away. I love this. Yeah. But we all deal with, holy shit, I can't believe I have to do this. Yeah. I don't want to do it. And then like starting at the beginning, when you publish that article or you submit it on LinkedIn, you're like, then no one likes it. Or no one tells you about it. And it's difficult to do. Yeah. But I think the, the act of publishing is a big deal. And you have even seen musicians today. They have albums, but a lot of them are just creating like Chance the Rapper example, like just on so many tracks, so many songs. Mm-hmm. Where back in the day, it was like, 12 songs per album. Right. And they would come up with an album every couple of years, every few years. It's just different. Nowadays, there's just so much being pumped out on a daily basis. Right. So what's the right answer? And I don't know if there is a right answer. I don't think it matters.
1: Yeah. Well, I do think, you know, it is harder to really enjoy content, art, because you're hit with so much of it. Netflix is a great example. Any of the streaming services, you get a new series and there's 3,000 more that are sitting right there, Uh, right in your face. Yeah. More is not more in the world that we live in today. Mm. It's not. It's much less. In fact, you know, so we're talking about visual art. And again... Because there's no end. No, there's none. Even with a strike, there's no end of well, content. Yeah. Who needs those? I mean, as we've talked about before, you know, if it's just mountains of shit content that Chat GPT can replicate, well, then Chat GPT is going to replicate shit content, which is also why I think real good writers right. are going to rise to the top. Yeah. But the ones that are just like putting out dog shit that, you know, they can put out, well, they're going to have to find another job. Yeah. You know, Starbucks is hiring.
0: Yeah. It's hard to get through, though. And so that's a problem because, like, who's to decide what content is good or not? Because the studios are picking content oh, and they're yeah. picking dog shit content. For sure. So they picked the wrong writers for this show or movie or for the next project that they want to work on. It feels like they don't care as much. This, this is more of a yeah. quantity game. Yeah. Say, like, Hey,
1: look, can you fit this template? They have to have that. I can't imagine they're really sitting around in the writer's room and, you know, Netflix, like, really putting time and energy into every
0: series they launch. Yeah. Because the vast majority of it is horrible. Right. Well, that's in the top end though. The actual writer of, let's say, a show or a movie might be putting their heart oh, and soul yeah, in it. yeah yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no,
1: And I think they need to be compensated for, I
0: mean, 100%. They need to be paid really, really well. Yeah.
1: Show doesn't exist. Either way, you know, the need right. them all. But... And if it's driving in billions of dollars for the company, yeah. pay your writer, like, keep talent. But to me, it says something that, if this is the case, and this is my guess, right? Yeah. Writers are on strike. Billions of dollars are being made through these streaming services, but the payout has not been, you know, it hasn't kept pace with the dramatic growth of these streaming services. Yeah. So that tells me a couple of things. One is that these streaming services don't really look at their talent as talent. I'm sure they have their A-listers or like, these are our top end writers, Right. But then, you know, for all the other stuff that's out there, they may just say, look, you know, ChatGPT can do your job. So they're not really incentivized in that way, or they don't believe that they need to go the extra mile. There's that saying, you can go the extra mile, totally out of context. Yeah. You know, but that they have to go, you know, further to really secure that talent. Yeah. It's more like, well, you're just a commodity. Because when you're putting stuff out in volume like they do, then I imagine the writers are just a commodity, especially if they're saying, well, ChatGPT can do your job. mm But would they say that to, say, the writers of Black Mirror, the writers of Game of Thrones? You know, again, I'm just thinking of like the... Yeah, yeah, the popular ones that... Yeah, yeah. The ones that take a lot of thoughtful work and effort. Would they say that to them? Probably not. Yeah. So, yeah, I do think it's going to weed out a lot of the garbage. And those that are really talented will have a lot more bargaining power. Yeah.
0: But I do think they need to stop creating so much content. It's going to be hard, though. There's so much content. Sometimes I think... I don't even know you talk about art. Mm-hmm. I think of Jim Gaffigan, Have you seen his little bit? He goes to an art gallery because he's on the road and he's traveling with his kids and he walks in and like there's a certain behavior you have to have when you're in a museum. <laughs> and you're like, that's good art. He's like, oh, okay, like you have no say in the matter. No, I haven't
1: heard this. Yeah. It sounds like it's the same thing I was talking about. Going to the exactly yeah. it's
0: like you don't get to decide if that's good art. They tell you what's good art. Right. You know, you're looking at the art of a madman bit off his own ear, that type of stuff. Right. So yeah. it's funny. But how do you decide what's good content? Because it's just, and you just pull up like Apple News and you pull up Wall Street Journal, you pull up a podcast channel, you pull up any website. You just, it's everywhere. You pull up your phone and you're just getting hit left and right. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's all subjective. No, I know it is, but there's just so much and all of it is geared towards something. They're selling you a product, a service, an ad or whatever. And that's where they're making a lot of money doing that. So yeah. Individual creators come out. And they're doing it different ways too, right? They can put ads on there. They could sell subscription models. They could sell services. So everyone's doing that. It's just right, so yeah. difficult because the content is all of it. Mm-hmm. Everything, all the emails that you get, it's all content, all the yeah. messaging. So I guess it's individualized sure. how you go through it and how do you figure out, how do you filter it? we talked about this, control your feed. Mm-hmm. How do you figure out, what do you focus on? Yeah.
1: Well, I would think as a creator, one of the other things to do too is, you know, the social media world, it's a rigged system, and by that, what I mean is you've got to pay a lot of money. Mm. So that's not really rigged. It's like I say that because so much of the stuff that's out there about how to go viral, how to really you know get in front of your audience, they're talking to you like it's all organic. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. no, no, no. The amount of money that big marketers pay, even individuals. Yeah. I remember one guy saying one time he said if you're not spending ten thousand dollars a day, you're not even in the game. Yeah. And he was talking about ads on Facebook. Jeez. You're not even in the game. Yeah. So, according to that, I'm not in the game because there's no fucking way I'm spending $10,000 a day on Facebook ads. Yeah. Right? Now, I do think, though, that, I mean, the data proves out, at least for these folks, unless it's all bullshit, which I don't think it is. I mean, you've seen the back ends of these. $10,000 a day yields quite a bit of revenue. You do see a massive uptick. Yeah. But you've got to be willing to play that game. Yeah. Most people are not. No. That's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. you got to have that money to play with. Yeah. And the risk. Yeah, because what, what
0: are you doing? What are you selling? What's yeah. the point?
1: Well, the other thing too is that it really does put it to you to say, do you really believe in your
0: product? Yeah. You know, unless you just have, you know, money to spend and it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I think that's companies. I think that's businesses, right? Yeah. I don't think it's an individual should be spending 10000 No, I mean, like a big famous thought leader, you know, who's... Yeah. The guy I'm thinking of is Brendan Burchard. You know, and
1: he's done incredibly well. He puts out great stuff. I've been influenced by a lot of his stuff for sure. You know, I think he's figured out a number of things. But he said that years ago, I was like, all right, that, that does put it in perspective. But that guy has made millions upon millions of dollars. And then he turns it right back into the business and he's pumping these things out and he continues to do well. So he's yeah. figured it out. But for the vast majority of people, that's not really an option. So what I would say is, if you have this platform and you are creative, don't try to abide by the rules that others have set. And I'm not talking about the $10,000 a day. I'm talking about, let's say Brendan's right. $10,000 a day, not even in the game. It may even be more than that now. Don't try to do $10 a day and think you're, you know, like, okay, I'm going to follow the rules, but I'm going to do $10 a day. To me, it's like, what are some ways that you can get creative to use the platform that your potential customers or people that would appreciate the work you're doing are not just going to scroll right through it because it looks like everybody else's shit. Everybody's following a blueprint. So what can you do differently that kind of jeers the mind a little bit? Yeah. What can you do where you don't care? Where you're not like, oh, gosh, if they don't like it. This. Yeah. You know? Yeah, savers the metaverse. I'm
0: serious. You could do this. Right? Yeah. How we started this whole conversation.
1: About that dude that was walking out there.
0: Yeah, that's right. It was the shirtless guy. That's how I got it going. Twenty four minutes of of that. That was good.